Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About Movies, the podcast where we talk about film. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron. And you're the host, Liam. And we this week we've got a um, fairly interesting one, I think you'd say. Eagerly anticipated this one. That's another... <laughs> it was anticipated. We're probably going to be one of the few people to actually you know, review this as well, so it's important that we get our views out there. because Yeah, no, no, one's, no one's talking about this, are they? No, no, no it's, a, it's a quite a small indie film. Niche. Niche, yeah. Um, it's so officially titled Zack Snyder's Justice League, but everyone knows it as the Snyder Cut. Yes. Which is the... Yes, it is. <laughs> the other term <laughs> for it. Um, I guess we should go into the, the background of how this came about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all stems from from Zack Snyder, originally, I guess, um, directed Man of Steel. That was his first one, Mm -hmm. which is a Superman film. It's fine. Okay. He then went on to do Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, to give it its full title. Yeah, which which was so hyped. I remember when they they announced that at Comic-Con, I was so excited for that. I still think it's fine. I don't. It's it's a bad film. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which that film then sort of takes the idea of his Superman and builds into Batman and also Wonder Woman, but then hints at other characters as well, kind of builds on it slightly. To eventually, the whole idea was that in 2017, it would all culminate with his Justice League film. Um, Which was too early, by the way. Well, yeah. I'll get onto that as well. But... (laughs) yeah. During the production of Justice League, um, he suffered a family tragedy, as it was said at the time. Um, it then came out later on. I think it was his... Daughter? I think she was teenage daughter had actually died. Um, so he couldn't carry on with the film as was. Understandably. Yeah, perfectly makes sense. Uh, Warner Brothers at the time then took the decision to bring in Joss Whedon, who had previously made the Avengers films, Obviously, they were highly successful, well-loved. But to say that Joss Whedon's style of filmmaking is different than <laughs> Zack Snyder's style of filmmaking is perhaps an understatement. Yeah. In other news, water is wet. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it ended up being a very messy film. There was obviously... people. Some people were coming back in for reshoots, Um to add in different sections to the film that were, they looked different, shall we say. So Ben Affleck had, had put on a lot of weight and that yeah. was noticeable. The second thing is that Henry Cavill, who plays who plays Superman, who he had been growing a moustache for Mission Impossible Fallout, which it's a pretty good moustache. I quite like it. It's a better moustache and a better, sorry, a better moustache. It's a good moustache and a better film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but Universal, I think it is the studio around that, wouldn't let him shave off the moustache for the reshoots. So there's this very <laughs> weird, and it comes up a couple of times in the film, weird sort of CGI lip that he's got going on where he talks, but his top lip just doesn't move whatsoever. Or it completely retracts and he's just like teethy. It looks like it looks like my dog when she's like looking at a ball or something. She's like, ah, yeah. 
full on baring his teeth, which yeah. is just sort of, it was all kind of emblematic of this messy film that apparently cost like 200, 300 million dollars. And it was meant to have been this crown jewel of this DC world that was just crap, really. For me personally, I don't find it as offensive as Batman vs Superman, but that is an entirely different conversation. That's a conversation we're having, Aaron. Oh, we Batman vs got... Superman is better. It's really it's not. It's a better film. It, it, it's, mm, okay, up until the, the third act. It's better made. I'll give yeah. you that. Up until the last, like, up until the Doomsday bit, it's a better film. No, because before the Doomsday bit, you've got the Martha bit. Okay, up until that line, it's the better <laughs> film. Up until the realise you've spent two hours watching them become mortal enemies and they absolutely hate everything about each other, <laughs> but all of a sudden they realise that their mums have got the same name. That's it, Bezzy Mates. Well, we're not, to, we're not here to review that film, though. Yeah, we're not. We're not. This isn't four years ago. Because after the release of Justice League, there is a very vocal fan base on the internet, I'd say behind Zack Snyder's films and they sort of get together and got behind the the hashtag on on social media of release the Snyder Cut which was their sort of assumption that there was this film that was actually made that that Zack Snyder had got he there was his film that Warner Brothers had put away and just not dealt with and it's fairly reminiscent I guess I think what they were getting at was that it was behind a similar story behind Superman 2. Yeah, which, the Donner, Donner Cut. Yeah, for anyone who's not familiar with that, is that Superman 1 and 2 in the 70s and 80s were filmed all as one thing together. And it wasn't wasn't BBS and this film back to back, effectively? Or like very close, originally speaking. I'm not sure. They might have been. I think it like, does like I sound familiar. I mean, no, I don't think they were, but I think the plan was originally that there was going to be two Justice League films. Yeah. That they were going to be filmed back to back. Oh, maybe it's that. Um, but yeah, so Superman 1 and 2 were filmed back to back and Superman 1 comes out and sort of during the, the post-production editing sections on Superman 2, uh, Richard... Donna, the original director, gets fired, basically, and they bring in Richard Lester, who is, again, completely different style of filmmaker, and Superman 2 comes out. It's, it's not nearly as much of a mess as Justice League. I'll, be, I'll say that. No. It's not no. great. There are some weird bits in there, but you can see that there's very much a sort of different tilt on it, which then leads to 20, 25 years later, um, eventually, there's, there's something called the Donner Cut that gets released of Superman 2, which restores a lot of what he was trying to do with the original film. Now, they did that for, like, no budget whatsoever in re- restoring that, but it does kind of... It's more tonally consistent with the original Superman. It, it's a bit weird because it does have the ending of Superman 1 as the ending of the Donner Cut. Yeah. That was because originally it was all going to be one big film, so that would have been his ending anyway. I don't know. It doesn't work. It, it doesn't work entirely, but it it's a lot better film. And that's obviously where the people who were asking to release the Snyder Cut, that's where they were getting it from. And turns out they were right. Because that Snyder came out and was like, Yeah, I've got this. 
it's probably never going to see the light of day. Yeah. But, um, so he, he then shortly after did did come around and say, yeah, this isn't my original vision. Uh, my my original vision is probably never going to see the light of day. Up until uh, was it like eighteen months ago now? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. It's and it still it still feels weird that it's here and that yeah. it's actually been released. Definitely. I mean, the other thing is that so what happened then is one of us turned around and go, we've got our brand new streaming service in America, HBO Max, and what we're going to do is we're actually going to release the Snyder Cut and we're going to put it on there. So that was the initial announcement. It then turns out that's not quite true. And what they're doing is they're giving Zack Snyder another 70 million, I think it is, uh, to finish yeah. off his original vision. Because obviously he, fin- he had to leave halfway through. So I guess a lot of his stuff wasn't. Well, I feel like it was mainly completed, but the like CG and stuff wasn't completed. It feels like uh, that afterwards. Like, yes. Yeah. But like there was. Because at one point they wanted to release just the cut as is, without like completed CGI and that sort of stuff. So I think it was mainly done. But yeah, he added some new scenes this time round, and then upgraded or improved on what he had, kind of thing. Like I say, it does end up sort of giving us an odd odd situation where we've now got a film that is supposed to be the original vision, but has also got hefty reshoots. It, so it was supposed to be the original vision, but then he got given this opportunity and thought, actually, no, I, I can do more with this, you know, because he got given that money, he could, you know, make an even better version of what he wanted originally, I guess. Yeah, 100%. He, he took the money and run, didn't he? He ran, ran yeah. with it. He didn't run away. He ran with it. He ran um, along with this idea. And so now we've got a film that came out this last week. It's four hours long. Oh, my God. This film... Because I was excited for it. I've flip-flopped a lot on, like, was I looking forward to it? And in reality, yes, I was looking forward to it, just because, you know, it was a bit of an experiment, but also because I wanted Justice League to be good. So to have another opportunity of that. But this took so much energy to just sit down and turn on, knowing that it's four hours long. Yeah, I I do agree with you. I I do want... Because I'm I'm a big... DC Comics fan. I like Darkseid is one of my favorite comic book villains. Um, hmm. I love Batman's probably my favorite comic book character because I'm basic. Um, and you know, I love those comics. I love that character. I love that universe. I don't think I was really looking forward to another Zack Snyder film because I haven't liked a Zack, Zack Snyder film in some time. I don't think since 300. So I didn't like 300. What, like what, 13, whenever we were, you didn't like 300? 300 was badass when it came out. Mm-hmm. On repeat watching, I don't think it's very good. <laughs> but when it came out, I was like, this is sick. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're not here. It's not the 300 yeah. podcast. We've got enough to be getting on with on this one. So Fair. So to, to prepare for this, uh, what were you watching this? Or watching this for the first time? I watched some other films this week. I think you watched at least two of the same films. I watched, how many did you watch? I watched so many films this week, <laughs> and I really wish I didn't. So first of all, let's start off, I rewatched Justice League. Okay, you started at the most recent and worked backwards, did you? Well, yeah, because originally I was just going to watch Justice League, so I could, you know, kind of remind myself of, of how bad it is, but also kind of get ideas about where, what's been changed and what scenes are different and that sort of stuff. And you were watching Batman versus Superman. 
So that inspired me then to go watch Batman vs Superman, and I think you came round to eventually watching Justice League. Yeah, yeah, it worked exactly in the opposite. Because originally I was just, I'll watch Batman vs Superman. That's fine. That'll lead into what he wants me to see with this one. But then I heard you were watching Justice League, so I was like, maybe I should do what you're doing, or I can watch Justice League, and then I can compare and contrast. Yeah, I wasn't going to watch BVS. I just decided to because you're such a big fan of it. It's your favorite film in the world. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but is it? As if Justice League isn't bad enough and BVS isn't bad enough, I then also decided to watch The Dark Phoenix, which that then has led me to watching all of those X-Men, like new X-Men films this week. So I watched Dark Phoenix, then I watched First Class, which is a good film, I actually like First Class, then Days of Future Past, and then X-Men Apocalypse. And I still found time to watch fucking Snyder Cole. So after you watched Justice League and Batman v Superman, you were like, I, I know it's even worse. <laughs> yeah, basically. You watched, have you watched New why. Mutants? Have you watched New Mutants again since as well? Have I fuck. Although I wish I watched that over Dark Phoenix because that is a shit film. They're both. They're all pretty bad. You watch. So what you're saying is you watch like 15 hours of film and only two good films this week. Yes. Wait. What are you? What are you saying? The two good ones are uh, First Class and Days of Future Past. Says a lot about what your thoughts on this movie are. Then we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Just very quickly, I'd never a lot of people didn't like the first Justice League. The thing I really hated about it, which I think this improves on um, somehow, is the reason I don't like it. And Batman versus Superman does it better. Is that none of it feels real? Like it doesn't feel like the sets. Everything just looks as if it's in front of a green screen. Like Gotham or any of the cities don't don't feel real. They just look like they're sat on a soundstage reading the lines and obviously these are heavy like green screen cgi films but it just never felt right compare it to like something like avengers that felt a lot more in in world i guess you ever feel a little bit like the dc kind of struggles with that anyway because metropolis and gotham aren't real places whereas the avengers you're sitting there you you're watching it and you would be like it's new york but I know it's New York because I can see the Empire State Building and I no, know that that's there because I've been to New York and I've seen that. And it's there's Grand Central Station as well. And I recognize that because I've seen it in real life. Whereas there's nothing like that in Gotham because Gotham doesn't exist. No, but I just need to see real buildings. Fair. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, fucking um, Dark Knight is set in Gotham City, but it's just filmed in Chicago or wherever. Yeah, that and felt it, like Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, it, it felt like a, a real place, whereas this, these just don't work for me in that sense. And I also... That kind of comes back a little bit to what we wrote about last week as well, doesn't it, with coming to America? Mm, yeah, didn't, yeah. Didn't really feel like a real place at all because it wasn't for the most part. Yeah. I, um, I also hate Batman in it. I'm the same as you. Batman's my favourite character. I think, I think generally I prefer Marvel overall, but... Just because I prefer more, more Marvel heroes. I think DC generally has got better villains, but I don't like the hero, a lot of the heroes as much. But Batman is like God tier, yeah. top one for me. Um, I don't think there are any good Batman bits in it, really. This is like, original Justice League. Sorry. Justice League original yeah. Justice League, yeah. I don't like his humour in it. I don't, And because of that, you can literally pinpoint all the Whedon bits because it's got this like, where it tries to make Batman funny. I don't want a funny Batman. I want a miserable 
couldn't Batman. I mean, it's no. very not much, not like this Batman in Batman versus Superman, is it? No. And that, uh, it takes itself so seriously. Well, go on. I was just going to say, it's actually one of my notes here is that um, my absolute favourite, not favourite bit in the film, maybe? Maybe it is. I don't know. But my favourite Batman bit in, in the original Justice League is the bit at the very beginning where he's chasing down this robber. Yeah. And he sort of gets him and it's all to draw out this parademon that he tries to track and track and figure out what it is. Um, the robber, by the way, is mm-hmm. uh, Holt McCallany, who was the pilot in Greenland, who we mentioned previously. No way. Yeah, I didn't realise the first time I watched it. It was only when I was re-watching it this last week. I was like, oh, it's the guy from Mindhunter, who we mentioned on that other podcast. I'll have to bring it up because I'm... Coming full circle, this is why we're doing these. No, that's why we did Greenland. That's why we're doing this. It's because of Colin McElhenney. Holt. Colin? Holt, close. Oh, close. Um, yeah, that, that, that scene works in theory. But again, the reason I don't like that scene is because it, it just, again, it just feels like, doesn't feel real. And I get that they're like hyper-realistic in a lot of senses, but I don't know whether it's just like the colours or something, it doesn't feel good. It felt a lot more like the Tim Burton-style Batman-y thing to, than the Chris Nolan-style Batman-y thing, I think that. But I think, that, like I said, that made me realise, because that's not that scene isn't in the new Snyder Cut, no. Justice League, which then made me realise, oh, that must have been a Joss Whedon scene. Yeah, because Snyder came out and said, I'm not using any Whedon bits. Yeah, that made me then think, oh, well, Maybe that's the best bit Joss Whedon actually did for this film. Because that bit I actually quite liked. I did quite like that bit, to be fair, in the, the Whedon Cup. The Justice League, as I've seen it called. Nice. Yeah. And maybe that's why I like Batman versus Superman. Sorry, we will get on to Snyder Cut. But that because that's got some of the best Batman bits on film, as far as I'm concerned. That is the only thing I really like about Batman v Superman. I think Ben Affleck is a brilliant Batman. Yeah, I do. And again, because of... I'm not going to go into it. We're not here to review the the weed and whatever we said it was called. Justice League. Justice League. That's gone. And I will never watch that again. Saying that, I will probably never watch the Snyder Cut again because I don't want to sit there for four hours. It's four hours long, yeah. It's like a um, film that came out a couple of years ago, uh, The Irishman. Really like that film. I thought it was pretty good, but it's like three hours, 45, something like that. And I'm just... I don't really have three hours, 45 to sit down and watch a film. No. Most of the time, I don't have two hours to sit down and watch a film. And I'm always like, "Eh, what's what's out there that's 85 minutes? (laughs) All right, Dan. Um, Okay, should we get... Oh, do you want to hear my um, synopsis of this film? Go on, then. So in 2017, there was a film out that came out called The Justice League. Imagine that was slightly different. And longer. And longer. That's my synopsis. It's that, but slightly different and longer. Yeah. So assuming you've seen that, yeah? Um, Because it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I'm willing to go Um, with that. Should we, should we, are we, are we calling this spoilers now? Because we're going to sort of break down the film, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I figure if you haven't watched it, why would you listen to this? Like a review. And if if you really care. I'd be interested to know if, if there's any like anybody that's not seen the original one and this is the first Justice League. Because I genuinely feel like this is potentially stands up 
or gets a better review score because of the first one. Yeah, it's like comparing it. Yeah, like if it was the only one, would I rate it as highly as I probably will do at the end? That's interesting. I'm I've because I've tried to take this as a film on its own, how I've rated it. I'm not comparing it to the previous one too much. Okay. Which, Which is I probably think, the best way to do it. But I think I was for the first two hours, but by the end I wasn't. So a lot <laughs> on a journey. Realized, then you had two hours left, you're like, fuck it. <laughs> it's on its own now. Right then, first note I've got, straight at the top. Zack Snyder's introducing the film to us. Mm-hmm. And everything's in 4-3. Say, I have the exact same thing. What the fuck is that aspect ratio? Now, it's all to do with, apparently, the, the, the thing is that you're actually getting more of it vertically, like an IMAX style. You're not actually getting cut the sides yeah. off. You're actually getting... At the end of the... But there's still... I'm still sitting there going, I've got all this telly that I've paid for that you're not using, Zach. Same like, thought. I, I think it's just because we've been conditioned over the last 30, or 30 years of our lives, the last 100 years of filmmaking and that, that... You're used to everything being letterbox, to everything being uh, narrower and 16.9 or whatever it ends up being. That for, to them see something in 4.3 is just it's just weird. Everything feels so restricted. Everybody felt so tight in, in focus, and I just I didn't like it. And I think so. When I came, when I said a minute ago that this doesn't feel as bad for looking fake. I think part of that might be to do with the fact I can't see as much around it because everything is so... But you can so see more. Focused. You can just see more. Wait, you can't see... You can't. <laughs> you can't see more, right? This is what I know. You gain nothing from this. You gain fuck all because, yeah, you're getting more height, but then you've chopped off the sides. I, to me, I mean, yeah, in theory, there is more in the frame, but it's zoomed out for me because... I, I don't know. I hated it. And uh, to me, it, large, it largely felt like Zach going, I'm doing this because I can. Yeah, it was Zach Snyder sucking his own dick, making yeah. that, doing that. Because you could you could do that. If it's filmed in with IMAX cameras or whatever, you can still have the width and still get more height. You can make use of the full 16 by 9 as, as a TV is. Yeah. So this is four, 4 by 3 Regular film is like 22 by 9 or 21, 22. Something like, like that. IMAX, yeah. IMAX is like 1.9 by 1. So it's it's it's, it's squarer. But it's not fully but square. But it's nowhere near fully square. Or it's nowhere near 4 by 3. It's restricted as 4 3, yeah. I don't know why they didn't just do it. I didn't see anything more. If I haven't had this way. No, I don't feel like it. It just felt like I was watching something more tuned to like an old TV show at the end of the day. But the other yeah. thing as well for me is that that kind of, the whole idea is that there was more, that was what everything that was being filmed kind of. And then that kind of led me into the feeling in general that this is everything that they've shot because it's four hours worth. And it's I've like, this, this is more of a, like a, an assembly cut, like more of a, this is more of the full script that nothing has been cut out whatsoever. And that, that, that contributed to that feeling as well. I've got that note too, that Snyder cut implies that things were taken out. 
but I don't think anything was taken out of this no, film. No, and I that's think. another thing as well. I don't think I ever really sit there and think this with a film. But if you tell me beforehand that it's going to be four hours long, I automatically am sitting there going, oh, you could cut that out. Oh, you don't need to have that bit in. Yeah, you don't need a lot of that. 20 minutes at the start or whatever of just long slow motion pans over everything. Everything is in slow motion. Why is everything in slow motion? This film is probably about three hour film. If you actually didn't have all the slow motion. <laughs> Put it in regular time. Yeah. So I'm just for the, for a long time, especially at the start of this film, I probably got a little bit less of it as I went into it, but at the start of this film, I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool, but you can cut that out. It doesn't add anything to the story. It doesn't add anything to the film. Other than just, it's a neat looking thing that Zach obviously thought was cool. And to be fair, you know, if nothing else, like, I like comic book movies, so I don't mind it being four hours, but then don't expect me to go back and rewatch it like I would do. Even Endgame, which is like three hours, I'd, it's weird, but that's a lot more manageable. Or well, I could go, because, it, because it's like, this is not cohesive, but because it's cohesively done and it's edited to a certain way where every minute is used, that makes more sense to, to rewatch that. But I'm more than happy to have like four hours worth of DC stuff and like story. And a lot of it was used effectively. Do you wonder if that does suffer slightly because we have seen basically this story before? You sort of know Maybe. what the story beats are. So at the same, there's one point where you sort of sitting there going, okay, I know what's coming up next. You don't need to spend five, ten minutes just setting it up and slowly getting to the point and just, I don't know. Yeah, possibly. But then it's you kind of got to go in, like you said, and view it as its own thing as if you haven't seen the first one, I guess. Yeah, I'm not so sure I really had that problem as much. It was, like I say, it was more, okay, we're going to spend five like three whole shots of just panning over this landscape so we know what's going on. <laughs> okay, thanks. But there, there are some changes straight off the bat. So we've got, I mean, I've, I, I kind of wish we'd done this review pretty much straight afterwards because it was so long and there's so much that happens in it. It was midnight by the time we'd finished the film and couldn't be asked recording the podcast by that. <laughs> yeah, but like... I can't remember like the structure for the most part and that sort of stuff and the order of things as much as I maybe like to. But the first like story note I've got is why is everyone just always hanging around a mother box? Is that just a protection thing? Because like, you go to Themyscira where the Amazons are, there's like 50 people constantly with the spears at the ready at the mother box before it even does anything. Yeah, just, I don't know. That is weird. Because it wasn't like, I think in the original cut, it sort of... It suggests that they've gone there because it's been doing something. Yeah, because it's woken up kind of thing. Yeah, whereas this, they're like always there. Are they on like shifts? Maybe. I was going to say maybe that's it. Maybe that's just like a job, like a night watchman kind of thing. You just box watchman, box watch woman. But then you need like... Not a catchy title. No, but do you need <laughs> 50 of them doing that? Oh, you don't know what's going to come it, out. It, it, yeah, but it hasn't done anything in 5,000 years. No. Wasn't it enough? But that, that scene was better anyway, I'd say. Everything felt a bit more finished. That That's probably one of the things that did really work a lot more because everything yeah. felt a little bit more... The CGI, the overall look of Steppenwolf has changed and he does look a lot better. Yeah. 
Like I'd seen the stills and everything before, and I'm like, cool, he just looks shinier. I don't really know. But then you see him in motion and everything, I think he does look better. And that he does look better. They've changed the voice slightly, which I sounds I a bit more like better, a but yeah. You can actually hear what you're saying a little bit more. Yeah, but even without that, I think it's yeah, it's a better performance. He seems more menacing. Well, he seems more menacing, but what I also like is it demonstrates more in this that he 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 can be beaten. Like, he's really, really, he's like one of the strongest things ever. Like I think Wonder Woman says that at one point. Yeah. But it's like, you can sort of, you could overpower him. You could beat him and stuff if if there's enough of you yeah. going at the right time. So I think he worked better as a villain this time around as well. There was just like subtle changes that they made on him or like during his fight scenes. But then yeah. at the same time, like, you get him one on one with him and you'll just fucking plough through you. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well that obviously the fact that it's literally twice the running length of the previous one, but you do get a lot more of everything, but you get a lot more like his backstory, his... His motivation. His motivation, yeah. He has a lot of like his interactions with um, with Desaad that mm. happens a lot. And I'll get to yeah. that later, but that sort of helps to build him up as a villain, as what his motivations are, why he's there, what he's doing. I briefly, just briefly, while while we're in those early scenes, because there's a lot of like just odd shots, odd scenes of like Lois Lane milling about, moping and just going about a day Yeah, that don't really add anything to me. But one thing I did pick up on is that there's a bit early on where Lois Lane's out, she gets a coffee and she goes to this policeman. She gives this policeman a coffee guy who plays the policeman is Mark McClure, who played Jimmy Olsen in the original Superman films. Hi, I'm Mark McClure. You might remember me from <laughs> such films. <laughs> Superman, Superman 2, and <laughs> Superman 3. Um, no, sorry, I he, played, a... he played Jimmy Olsen, sorry. Yeah, I thought it was oh, a no cool little throwback, yeah. a little note. I like that. Okay, so a while ago, when the first Justice League came out, I was in Superdrug or somewhere like that. And I saw a, you know, you go through like the man aisles just while you're waiting for the missus to get her little bits. And there was a Justice League brand, like branded Gillette razor. Hilarious. And I was like, I, 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 might, I think I probably sent the picture and stuff to you guys and probably shared it online at the time. But I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, the, like, like what relevance is this to this film? And like, do you think I'm going to shave like Batman or something like Superman can't even use it? Like it made no sense to me. However, three years later, I noticed it instantly. You see Batman shaving with this Gillette race. And I was like, fucking that's why. So Gillette must've been like fuming at the time when their scene, their product placement scene got cut from the movie. And the whole, whole thing around that film was that a guy couldn't actually have a shave. Yeah, <laughs> off screen, so they had to CGI it off. They couldn't even use the frigging Gillette. <laughs> but I was so happy when I finally saw this razor. Like, and I'd not thought about this razor ever since taking that photo. Basically, then you just seen it there. Came back to me. Yeah, I was like, "Fucking hell, amazing!" Um, After that, you've got the scene with Batman going to see Aquaman, which yeah, which was in the first one, almost literally the same, except just longer it's longer i did prefer the interplay that they had because you got aquaman 
translating for like the town elder, I guess. And but you know, it, it, and what what changes in this film compared to the last one is the first one. It kind of opens with Batman chasing down a parody the robber, yeah, to get yeah chasing down the robber to get a parody and kind of like and is almost instantly aware of the he doesn't know what they are but the, of the mother boxes. And when he goes to see Aquaman in the first one, he's like, well, first of all, there's a I'm looking for this guy. There's a big picture of him on your wall there, and he looks a hell of a lot like that guy. Yeah, and he's got he's got a box. Well, Batman already knew what he looked like anyway, because he's seen him on them videos. He's seen him on the video, yeah. But, you know, it's not quite as on the nose. But, but I, I like that they don't... They take away Batman's awareness a little bit in this. Like, it doesn't mention the mother boxes or anything like that at this point. They, you don't see the mural. But I do like how he's sort of... He's talking through Aquaman, about Aquaman, and it's it's quite clear he knows who he is, because he's like, makes nods at him when he says certain things. So I thought that scene was better. You see... Jumping forward a bit, but this the music like is better without having the white stripes in there. Oh, I've got the exact same note. I was gonna say because you've got like <laughs> two or three bits where Aquaman shirtless but in jeans decides to walk into the sea. Yeah, and boots. And boots. Get your boots off, mate. And uh, and in the original cut, there's this sort of long slow motion bit of him drinking his bottle of whiskey, looking like he's on a aftershave advert. Yeah. Um, walking into sea and it's the white stripes playing over it, or is this one? It's... Yeah, this one it's Nick Cave and it's way more subtle, which is not something you expect from Zack Snyder, but it's no. way more subtle. It goes way better with the film. Can we just quickly talk on music? Go on. What the fuck is that Wonder Woman thing? <laughs> what I thought you were on about the about? Uh, every time she shows up, you have to have that bit with the guitars. Well, I I never liked that, but I fucking prefer it to this. I thought it was fine the first time I heard it in Batman v Superman, and then yeah. it's like literally every single time she shows up in any film, it's like, nee, 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 nee. <laughs> I'm like, all right. But this just goes into that anyway, when it's just got, it's just so weirdly placed. Like, I don't, I don't need it. No, I don't definitely. like it. Oh um, my God, it's fucking. The next oh. note I've got is during the, the extended Dark Side Comes to Earth flashback. Yeah, which well, basically just was Steppenwolf in the first one. Yeah, so in the original, it's a scene that's sort of set decades and hundreds of years ago, and it's... Decades, uh, it's 5,000 years ago. Is that what it was? Yeah. Thanks. Decades and hundreds makes it sound like the Victorians were fighting. <laughs> Long time ago. And yeah. uh, in the original, Steppenwolf comes down and sort of tries to find these mother boxes and gets sent back by some Amazons, some Atlanteans and some other people. And then in this one, it's sort of, that bit is expanded on quite a bit in that it's now Dark Side that comes to Earth and he has the mother boxes and he kind of gets re- sent back by the forces of everybody, every sentient being on the planet. There's Green Lanterns there. There's sort of a lot more. But then there's also a bit where Ares, the old god is also fighting there with i think zeus as well and there's like but Ares kind of jumps at him with his axe and cleaves him basically in the shoulder and immediately i'm sitting there going i should have gone for the head (laughs) but that kind of comes back to a, a bit from infinity war in which thor does the same thing to thanos but then it's weird because thanos is basically if you go back into the history of comics thanos is just a rip off of dark side anyway 
Yeah. So now for DC to be ripping off Marvel in the exact same bit, I was like, oh, what is going on here? This is weird. But it it's turns out that's all you need to do. And, and then Darkseid uh, decides that he had enough and leaves anyway. Yeah. So Zeus was in the original. Yep. There was a Green Lantern briefly in the original. Very briefly, yeah. But was... So it was Ares. Was it just CGI or did they get the actor back? Because it seemed to look a lot like him. I guess maybe that was just stuff that was cut out. Maybe. Or it is CGI, I don't know. But it didn't it didn't look real, like if that makes sense. It did look like a CGI character, but it seemed to be using its likeness. Yeah. You, you might I th- I think if it didn't have that wouldn't necessarily know that it was Ares. I, I don't feel like they would have got the actor back. No. But it definitely looked a bit like him, I think. Yeah. So I guess it was supposed to be him. Yeah, that scene was, was built up a lot, a lot more. What's weird, though, is that, and it might be jumping ahead a little bit, how do you forget the planet that you were on? Yeah, I heard somebody say this, and it's... Maybe it's... He didn't fully realise that was the planet where it all happened. That, and he, he's just been to every single planet. He's like you mentioned, like fifty thousand planets or something at one point. I don't know. I'm pretty bad. You're pretty bad with directions as well. So I'm, I'm awful, and I can't say anything. I can't name. 50, I can't find the direction to like five places. But if you conquer every single thing, but there's this one place that you don't, and you retreat from. I mean, you did. You probably got. You are in a spaceship as well. He's not using boom tubes. You probably got like a map. Sure. Yeah, and it does feel because at one point they do mention as well that there is no Green Lanterns or no Kryptonian on this planet, and yeah. it kind of hints that they were previously not been there because Superman had been there. Like he was kind of protecting the world, and they were a bit scared of him. So it felt like they kind of knew about Earth anyway. But it's it's all very messy. I find that. Yeah, it's kind of like finding reasons just to, you know, justify some. Explain why he'd not been there in the last 5,000 years. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. So I think so I'm, I'm, I know it's a kind of in order in terms of thinking. So we're jumping if it's. Mine are, but I can't remember if there's like 10 minutes between my notes or three hours, to <laughs> no. be honest. No. We get a flash scene with Irish West. Irish? Irish West. I don't think she was Irish. <laughs> um, I really liked it. I, I, I did. I I thought it was interesting because um, it adds on to. There's a bit where he goes to see his dad as well, and they're in prison. Yeah. Who, by the way, they did. They got Billy Crud up in for like one scene. Okay. <laughs> Weird, but um, and and then they also get Casey Clemens, who plays Iris West, in for one scene as well. It's just this one where it's there's been a lot of thing about the CGI hot dogs and stuff in there. Yeah. I really, really like that. I don't like Ezra Miller as the Flash. I don't particularly, but I preferred him more in this. Maybe it's the the lack of brunch. Yeah. Line that There's a lot less of his witty banter, which is yeah. fine. But then there's a good, I mean, sort of coming into my next point as well, there's a good two hours in this, it feels like sort of chunk kind of in the middle after the first half hour maybe and it's the next couple of hours where it's it feels like it's building up the flash and it feels like it's building up cyborg as well 
and you get a lot more of their backstory of what's going on and everything. And it just, you kind of sitting there going, this is because they should have had separate films for these guys before this came out. Yeah. So this is what we were saying earlier, or well, I meant earlier when I said this came out too soon. Like these characters, and you didn't get it for all the Avengers, I appreciate, but the key ones, there was something that came before. Yeah. They'd either had their own movie or had been in had been a decent part of another person's movie. Yeah. And this needed that because I mean it's just because like, going I mean, into this, we've just seen them on a video in yeah. theory. Because yeah, Batman I, I v Superman. Think Wonder Woman hadn't come out at this point. Aquaman hadn't come out at this point. That's so true. This was our first introduction to these characters. I mean, but at least Wonder Woman you could Wonder. kind of get away with because she'd been a not a massive yeah, part, she, granted, but she had been in, in Batman v Superman. She at least had been a speaking role, an actual character in there. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, Cyborg actually has a character now, rather than just being like nothing in that first movie. Yeah, and, so... And, and he's got motivations and he's... You know, he's actually got a plot line. All of it yeah. kind of makes... And, and if you know anything about Cyborg from the comics, it's that he is basically powered from a mother box as well. So you feel like he would be integral to this story that they're trying to yeah. tell. And it makes a lot more sense when you give him four hours to tell it. Yeah. It doesn't go too much, I don't think, into the mother box side of, like, I'm powered by. Like, you, you can kind of blink and you'll miss that bit. But it's just, for me, he's the, the key player in this film. Definitely. He's, he's the, like, most improved. Yeah. Most improved player of this season, you know, if you like. But out of all the characters, he's the one that you get everything. Like, he's got a full character arc and stuff and you know you, you see his backstory you see everything about him but do you, don't, you don't get that with like batman or superman obviously superman's only like the last 20 minutes but, well spoilers of the, of the first one <laughs> yeah um he's not much more in this one <laughs> no. um flash you get a little bit about his dad but that's about it and i'm like oh my god what was okay maybe you should not make it four hours but give us something whedon yeah like, because uh, there were stories that obviously he came out saying a lot of this stuff had been cut, but Jesus Christ! Yeah, so uh, Ray Fisher, that is, isn't he on about the the actor yeah. who plays Cyborg? Yeah. Had basically come out and said, "I can't believe they've done this to me. They've basically cut out my entire plot line and everything to do with my character has been cut out, and I'm just barely in it. And I say a couple of things, and that's about it. And then you watch this, and you go, "Yeah, fair enough, Ray. You were fucked over. I think the thing is, you could be forgiven." when the first one came out by not really caring because he doesn't seem interesting in the slightest like as a character. Yeah. But compared to now, I'm like, fucking hell, yeah, Bill Cyborg. Give me, give me, give me more Cyborg. All that being said, I think he looks stupid as hell. <laughs> I don't know if it's the CGI or what. His legs look too small. He's too tall at the top. He's too big. He just looks like he'd topple over all the time. I hate the character design of the, the film yeah. version of Cyborg. I did like the um, General Grievous arms. Yeah, <laughs> the first one. Yeah, that's true. It's a bit hello there. every now and then. Hello there. Every now and then he like he'll pop out an extra couple of arms if he needs to. That was quite cool. Yeah, it, that um, felt a little bit like uh, a little bit like like Bender from Future Armor almost. Like you yeah, just, just, just got there's something in the back there. He's an R two D two type. Like yeah. if he needed it, he's got like a rocket booster. But... You just don't need it. Just he just he didn't need it up until that point. Yeah. Just very quickly, 
in the in the flash scene that we were just talking about, you know, he's he's doing whatever, and then there's a car crash, and he has to save Iris West. And um, the reason for that is because there's a truck driver who's eating a burger while he's driving, which you know, you know, we've all eaten snacks while we're driving, but he drops it up by his feet. But he's reaching for this burger for like a minute. Yeah, I'm, well, it was like a minute of his time. Yeah. Felt like about 45 for us. Yeah. Because it was well, all slow-mo. Like, who reaches for a burger for that long? Like, number one, are you really going to re-eat? Like, eat it if you do find it? It's and right by two, where your feet are, dude. Yeah. Number two, like, if you do, like, if you can't get it straight away and you can still, like, use your pedals, just give up on it. And it's a burger. It's not like it's a bottle or something that block. It's gonna block your pedals. Yeah, you can you can crush a burger pretty easy. I'm getting too far into this, but this this made me really mad. As someone who drives a lot for a living, it made me mad. Yeah, um, that's fair. How, however, I liked. I did like that scene. I thought it was fine. I just, I really don't like the Flash. I just. <laughs> this is what it comes down to. Aaron hates the Flash. So I, I like the character, the Flash. I like the TV show. For a while till I start watching it because I just it was too much I fell off but I could um, that was quite good. Ezra Miller's just not. I just don't like him. Be what I want. He doesn't. Look, he runs like somebody who's never seen anybody run in their life. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that, but every single time the Flash runs, I'm like, that's not that's not how people not how run. You run. Why is he all bending forward and his arms are out here? Like, have you ever seen anyone run that fast though? Yeah, Usain Bolt. I'm pretty sure he's that fast. <laughs> Still look like that. Fair. I don't know. Texting. It was just. It looks stupid. It's still yeah. It looked stupid then. It still looks stupid now. Yeah. I don't also get the thing in that what? scene where he runs, and if he runs that fast, he completely tears his shoes, but not the rest of his clothes. Yeah, but the rest of his clothes aren't hitting the ground. All right, Snyder fanboy. <laughs> I guess, but that seems wildly impractical for. Anytime he wants to use his powers. Well, that's why he doesn't he doesn't use his powers very often. That's why he's always late. Yeah. He's trying to live like a just feels guy. like an unnecessary thing that you've gone, oh, this would happen if he ran that fast, but then it doesn't really work with any of his powers. Like if he ran that fast, he'd be con- he'd just have flies over his face the entire time. <laughs> just dodge the flies. You can dodge the flies. Because the flies aren't moving effectively. I don't know. Flies move pretty fast. I don't think they move at the speed of sound or faster. Whatever. I, we don't need to go in on the flash. We would do Yeah, the whole thing about how the flash's powers should or shouldn't work is. <laughs> yeah, but why are there explosions in Star Wars? Because it's because <laughs> it's in space. space. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but that's the thing. It just if you're writing that in because that's how it would work, then it's it just seems like you're opening up a can of worms that yeah. you just don't need to. But anyway, I think I think I feel like that was probably like a nod. Like people have probably argued in the past, like. Oh well, if the flash ran that fast, his shoes would explode. I think that's probably just like a yes, they would, it's Jimmy. And let me show you one thing that's probably never been said before is that if nothing else, Snyder is like one of the best visual directors out there. Like take away, like if you just pause his movies, they look fantastic. Like, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, it comes down to a lot of it. I think his sort of <laughs> ideas on filmmaking because he said like before now his inspiration on filmmaking is things like the Sistine Chapel rather than like you know 
any great storyteller. It's, it's, it's all visual. It's all big, yeah. expansive, huge, but visually. And it's also religious as well, but I don't want to get into that too much. Because yeah. well, that's, does, that's a whole like... other thing when you get into Zack Snyder. But... <laughs> he does like... Yeah, we don't need to go more on because I... But I yeah, don't he's, think anyone has said that. I think everyone has said that. Everybody says either. that, but he, he is a really good... Yeah. He's really good in the visual medium. He can pull stuff from the page really well yeah. as well. Like, I, I, this, this scene in particular does a lot of that sort of... And it's because he, he fucking comes over slow-mo so often, but... He, he does he love his... Um, I, if you're doing slow-mo, though, I guess it does kind of make sense to do it with the Flash. Yeah. Of everyone. Not, yeah, the flash of everyone. But then there's Batman. There's, um... <laughs> Wonder Woman. Oh, w- w- one thing, sorry, that going the complete opposite though. What usually happens with Wonder Woman is you get so much slow mo. I love, you know, they got the bank robbery scene from the original, which has changed a little bit. Yeah. With oh, the guy not, from not, Game of not, Thrones. Not, not, yeah, not bank robbery, but the terrorist bit. And then, but rather than seeing like all slow mo. She's just like beating up people at super speed. And I thought that bit was fucking ace. Like seeing what it's actually like to be a person up against her. That was dead good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Especially the bit where he goes to shoot all the the hostages. Well, that bit that was in the first one. Yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah it was. But there's that bit where she kind of just runs straight across them all. It's like ping, ping, ping. And just like, oh, that yeah, bit was yeah. really cool. In kind of, it's not slow-mo. Yeah. So yeah, so, I agree. So yeah, that's pretty much all the non-slow you get, but it is good. Yeah, true. M- my next note, and it's feels a bit like I probably shouldn't be taking the piss now, given how this podcast is going. But uh, the film in this film, the pacing is all over the place. Got the same note, much like we are. I, I just it's one point where it, going well, back to what I said before, getting paid however much to make good point billion dollar. This wasn't movies. this wasn't made for like four hundred million dollars. This podcast, so. No. Um, but the, the, yeah, the patient is just like, there's so many times where it'll tell a bit of the story and then you'll just have Steppenwolf going back to, like he has this like wall that kind of turns into like a communicator type thing and it turns into Desaad, who's uh, another one of Darkseid's minions effectively. And they have a communication and they'll talk to each other and it'll get a little bit of exposition and then it'll go away and you'll have another thing and then you'll come back and it'll be, another time of Steppenwolf going back to talk to Desaad. It happens like four or five times. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? Why is the the, the, the pacing is just horrendous? And, and every time as well, by the way, it's like, oh, we found another box. He's like, no, not yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got one. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's like, and then he'll go back and tell him he's got a second one. He's like, yeah. I don't need to see this. No. So when, when we said like, I don't think anything was cut. I don't think anything was cut from this movie. I'm surprised no. it's not just like multiple takes of it. I said the same thing. I, I, expected, <laughs> I expected at one point to be like, oh no, no, can we do that again? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Go again. Faster, more intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On set, so I'm just going to go through my notes in order. So some of them might kind of cross over. But the, some of the, we've already said like, there's, Music is good in some places, but not in others. But there's some really odd ones, like when Bruce Wayne meets the Flash. There's like this weird, like almost techno-y kind of Matrix-esque soundtrack going on there, which seems like it was should be like a thing more for Cyborg. But then it's 
it's now the Flash's theme, but it's not the Flash's theme. It's just then, just it just really threw me out of that scene a little bit. Yeah. So one of the notes I have there on the music is that in the original Justice League, it kind of came fairly hot on the heels of Batman v Superman, but it also came on the heels of Suicide Squad, hmm. which one of the things about Suicide Squad is a lot of the time it feels like you're listening to the drunk guy in the bar who's just gone up to the jukebox and put 50 quid in, <laughs> and he's just gone, right, these are all my favourite songs. You're just going to listen to them one after another. Yeah. And it feels a little bit like that. And then I think in the original Justice League, it also feels a little bit like that, that mm. it's just constantly going, oh, you know this song, you like this song, don't you? Play this. Whereas in this <laughs> one... It is a little bit more, the music is a little bit more weirder, maybe. I yeah. don't know what, what I'm trying to say there, but the, it's not jukeboxy. It's not, things do seem to fit with the film a little bit more, but they are sometimes just a little bit weird. Except for this one. Yeah. Generally, it fits better. This one doesn't. That one did throw you a little bit. Uh, and then we cut to Atlantis. Yeah. And did Mira always have a British accent? Yeah, I don't know what... I mean, I can't really remember the Aquaman film. There's, there's one bit I remember in the original film where they, they do this thing where they create air bubbles to talk in. For some reason. For some reason. But then I remember they spoke to the, the director of Aquaman, which was then yet to come out, and he went, no, we're not doing that. That's stupid. Like, it just seems yeah. like a really insane thing to do. But then that's also kept in this one. I don't know how you could take it out. Because if that's how it was like... I mean, it's all visual effects. They didn't actually make... Okay, very, very good point. Actually. Actual air bubbles under the sea, so... It's cool when she uses that in, like, for fighting and stuff, but it yeah. makes no sense. I think it does kind of touch on... Like, at one point, I'm fairly certain that they're speaking without the bubbles, and it sounds like dolphin screeches or something. <laughs> it does something like that, yeah. Yeah. And so as if to say, like, oh, we're doing the bubbles for you, audience, because otherwise you wouldn't understand them. As if, you know, you, you don't have to do this. Yeah, as, as though that's like a genuine thing of like, you, you can't actually, it comes back to the thing about the flash, doesn't it? It's like, well, you can't actually speak underwater. You, who gives a fuck? There's not an actual bloke flying around in the sky. Just, just um, do it so it makes sense. But yeah, but Mary's got this British accent and number one, it's bad. Yeah. But obviously that i think that's one of the one changes that whedon maybe did for the best because it's not that in the new ones and i'm fairly certain it's not that in aquaman either i don't remember it in aquaman so, and i feel like i would because it was that bad but also we i haven't just watched the original justice league this week i think we would have it wouldn't have stuck out to us yeah in there. the next night i've got is when we're going to save the people under under rikers island is it whatever and there's literally within five minutes of each other, there's two shots of people climbing stairs. Like, and that's that's when I knew that nothing got cut from this. Yeah. Like, the first one is them like getting there and they're climbing the stairs and then they talk afterwards. I'm like, just show us them. Do you give us like the last second of them climbing the stairs, then talking or just them talking? I don't need 10 seconds of them climbing the stairs, then talking. And then they have a little fight and then they climb more stairs or go yeah. down the stairs. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then, which, which might explain why my next note is, God, this is long. I feel like as well, and it maybe helps the fact that I watched it in two parts. So I did two hours one night, two hours the next night. I feel like that first two hours, I was like, okay, this has gone fairly well. I'm not too... Uh... And then immediately by the time I was into the second viewing, the second night, I was like, 
oh god yeah i'm only halfway through aren't i yeah. oh i've still got all of that to go again i like to say, i feel like that was partly down to the pacing and partly down to in that first two hours i it felt like i was watching a flash slash cyborg film yeah and then it kind of gets into the rest if you like mm-hmm. so again they, they kind of they bring superman back well before that go on we, we get um martha kent visiting lois lane and being like have it because lois lane's just basically depressed not going to work or anything and martha kent pops in and has a little chat with him it's like look you need to be a you need to just get on with your life basically oh yeah i know what you're getting at and then we find out maybe it's not martha kent because as she leaves her eyes turn red and martha martian manhunter comes out of nowhere and he looks a bit dodge i'm not gonna lie he looks a bit shit yeah and all of that is quite clearly done last year you know it was filmed for this specifically yeah, well so apparently he wanted green lantern that's the bit at the end that you're on about okay is it not, oh yeah it would make wouldn't make sense for yeah. this particular part Same i feel like, okay well i feel like this wasn't always martian manhunter then um, I think it might have at some point just been Martha Kent because he doesn't need to be Martian Manhunter. I think you're probably right because I feel like that bit, that scene with Diane Lane and, and Amy Adams would have been filmed with the intention of it being them two. And then it's just the bit afterwards where she comes out and transforms into the Martian Manhunter that is done afterwards. Yeah, it doesn't need to be Martian Manhunter except to kind of tie in that he's always been there at the end. It's not like he's just arrived on Earth. He's kind of always been there. I guess is why they've changed it. Yeah. But for the most part, I I found all those bits with Lois just moping around and people being like, oh, Lois, you're all right. <laughs> Dead husband day. Just, just really <laughs> boring and pointless. Like, they didn't add anything to the film. No. Other than we know Lois Lane is meant to be integral to Superman coming back. Is it like... Snyder's version of like a character arc. It's like, well, in this scene, she's sad, but now she's happy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, those bits really, well, I just tuned, I tuned out a lot for them. Yeah. And up, up until the very end, so spo- spoilers at the very, very end, like post credit scene or epilogue, Martian Manhunter pops back in. But up until that point, he doesn't appear in the rest of the movie. So, like, I, I knew he was going to be in it. So I was expecting him to kind of come in at some point. So when it finally got to the end of the story, I was like, I didn't, that didn't need to be him. I was like, why bother? I you know what I mean? had the exact same thing. I, I was like, they kind of made this thing about, oh, Martian Manhunt is going to be in it. And like Superman's black suit is going to be in it. And for the most part, I was like, all right. Because we got to the end, you get to the end where it says like epilogue. And I was like, they were in it for like four minutes combined. I've watched three hours 45 minutes up until this point yeah yeah and the same with the um the nightmare sequence again i thought i thought maybe they were going that was going to form part of the story i don't know because they made notes about um time travel and stuff so i thought okay maybe we're going to see maybe this like the new stuff we're going to see is going to be you know they don't win but then and then this happens you know for 10 minutes or whatever then the flash goes back and saves and again, it wasn't really used for anything. Yeah, I've got I've got theories on that. Well, I've got notes on that. So you're on about the bit at the end, are you? 
yeah, we'll, we'll come to it. But again, yeah. it's, just, it's just like well, there was stuff that was hyped up that didn't seem to have much of a payoff, really. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I've not really got any notes on it because it kind of plays out fairly similarly, I think. Superman comes back, they revive him with the help of the mother box. There's a lot more sort of added scenes. Cyborg has a vision at one point of maybe he shouldn't revive him, but it was all kind of in there, very similar. Superman comes back, he's mad for some reason. Maybe dying makes you forget things, I don't know, or completely change who your character is, I don't know. But uh, And then he flies off and has a bit of a sulk for a bit and then comes back. And that was all I sort of remember from that. I don't know if you've got any other... Uh, the only note on that is where does Clark's shirt go? Yeah. Uh, but when you when you come back from the dead, you, you you get buried, but you're not in a shirt, I guess. But you got put in the thingy. Is he, is he in a shirt? I didn't know. He's, he's in his. I'm sure he's in his full suit. And it was like Aquaman. Just he's just like like going into yeah. the sea. You, you can come out in jeans, but you can't come out shirted. What? Sorry, one question that I meant to bring up earlier. Does Aquaman get cold? Uh, no. Because like it's obviously cold underwater. Yeah. But he's he lives underwater, can live underwater, so he's probably fine. But then when he comes out, he's wearing like coats and stuff like that. I think that's like a fashion statement, like like Macklemore type thing. Maybe. Maybe. Uh my next note after that is my God, this is long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it is. So I haven't I haven't really got any notes then up until we get to the very start of the, the big battle at the end. No, oh, the only note I've got is that boom tubes sound better. Yeah, I think the boom tubes worked better as well. They looked better. I think they sounded better. Mm. That's fair. I, oh, I did make note of in the Superman coming back brief battle that they have, uh, Cyborg gets to use his catchphrase in this one that was cut out of the original film. Yeah. You should probably move. That was uh, that was one thing. Yeah, so the, the next note I've got is we get to the, the big battle where they find out where Steppenwolf is trying to merge these um, these mother boxes to do whatever the fuck. I don't know. I'd sort of lost interest a lot by this point. Um, we, we've not got this weird subplot with the Russian family anymore. Thank God. Probably everything's for the best. not red always anymore. So either. everything's not red, but everything's grey. And my note is, is everything being grey necessarily better than everything being purple? Because otherwise, it's exactly the same approach. Everything plays out like Aquaman still shouts, my man, and he still surfs down a building. But he does it better. I fucking hate surfer dude Aquaman. And it's not as egregious in this. I don't know. It was pretty much exactly the same. I was still sitting there going, what? (laughs) Bullshit. Um. Yeah, but instead everything was grey and washed out. I was like, is that just Joss Whedon versus Zack Snyder in a nutshell? Zack Snyder, everything's grey and everything's miserable and superheroes are actually really bad and they kill people and everything. And Joss Whedon's, I'll do the same, but it's pink. No, I think if it wasn't all grey and smoky, how would you know it was a DC film? (laughs) Because that's the third act of a DC film. It's only a DC film since Zack Snyder's been doing them, though. That's fair. So, you know. Okay, how do you know it's the DCEU film then? Well, yeah, exactly. How do you know it's the Snyderverse film? Yeah. Um, that was that was all I had there. I was like, it's still 
basically the same. It does explain though how why in the original we got no flash for the entire third act. Yes, because in this now he's basically running around trying to build up speed mm-hmm. for some reason, even though he doesn't really need to. But that gets explained in a minute. But um, the other thing as well I felt in this is there's a lot of like Batman. He drives around a lot in his Batmobile, which look if he's finally actually got a reason to have guns on his Batmobile. Yeah. Other than killing people, which you know. Um, but then he, he he does a lot of like his fighting stuff as well, which again it was my favorite bit in Batman versus Superman. It's my favorite bit in this. It's just Ben Affleck. I think I really like Ben Affleck as well. Yeah, I do. Um, but he's again, he... he's really good. He's like he's him him and Alfred are easily my favorite bits of this whole. Alfred is so good in these. all of these films. Yeah. What, what's his name? Scar. Where his name is Jeremy is, Irons. Jeremy Irons is an amazing Scar. Actor. That's where you go with it. Interesting. Not, not even Die Hard Three, Scar. Scar, yeah. Okay, fair enough. It just, it just comes back to like I said. One of my notes is, I still really like Batman and Alfred. They're still my favorite bits in this. I think. Um, I think having the the Zack Schneider vision of Batman, love like forget the as a character, forget the killing or whatever. If you take out the, the killing better. and branding people, then definitely is yeah. The, the humour that Whedon put in him and it was that delivery and uh, I don't know if it was a delivery thing that made it not work but I actually think this film is funnier than the Whedon one like when it, the part when it goes to be funny, it's done in a subtle way. The, the funniest Batman bit is always the where Flash meets him and he says like oh what's your superpower and he just goes I'm rich. That, that works and that, but it's nice to know that that was actually a Snyder thing and it's kept in this yeah, yeah. So I've got a note that actually says this is. I can't remember what it was about, but there are specific bits that are like this humor works more in this world than the kind of crossed over. Because you got one half of the original one being trying to be really serious and it's so earnest, and then you've got this other half which is like quirky, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it doesn't gel and. Uh, that's why I didn't like Batman in the first one. He's way better in this. He's, you know, everything he does, there's a reason for it. And you kind of understand all his justification and, or whatever in this. Like, you understand his motivations. And I explains a lot of things really well as well. Like, again, it would be edited, it would be cut out in a normal film. And I get why it was, why it's cut out. But having things like Alfred working on his gauntlets to make them repel like lasers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which I appreciate why that would be cut in something that's not four hours long, but it's it's another thing that's like okay, well, all of a sudden everyone's getting this up, like blown to pieces, but Batman could just block it with his hand. Yeah, it make, helps it to make more sense. Yeah, it's no longer plot armor; it's now like in story armor, which is good. Yeah, um, my next note, and it's kind of the last thing I've got before we get to the very end, is uh, how do you get? Obviously, in theory, this is what was originally planned, in theory. How do you get from this to what was released in originally? Like, I know, obviously, technically we got it because everything we said before about Zack Snyder having to leave and Joss Whedon coming in. But then, like, literally all of the actors involved, do actors just literally do anything you say? <laughs> do, you know, because it's so different. It is. And the thing, what's weird, I remember at the time, like, Supposedly, Warner Brothers hated this 
like they didn't light the court, it was too dark or whatever. And so they brought Josh Reed in to lighten things up. But the things that were taken out or changed aren't changed for the better. No, the that's it. That were taken out were like better bits than what was changed than what was put in. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah, that, that like, was my thing as well. It's like, so I guess maybe that's really what Warner Brothers wanted, and they did because I know Batman v Superman got a lot of flack for being quote unquote too dark. Hmm. Um, so maybe they were reactionary, which we've seen with Star Wars isn't necessarily the best way to do things. So, like I say, I guess they must have wanted it to be lighter um, than the BVS because because of the backlash, but. It, it quite clearly, you, you can get somebody in to maybe shepherd it over the finish line, yeah. as opposed to getting Josh Whedon in, who basically completely tried to change it, but by only doing 25% of the work involved in making a film, I guess. The weird thing is that he, like, tongue-in-cheek, in, like, the opening credits on his version, there's, like, a homeless person saying with a sign that said, like, I tried. Yeah. Obvious, like... It, watching that for the first time in the cinema, you knew that that was a, a nod. So it's as if he knew it wasn't very good, but the things that make it not very good are all his bits. Yeah, pretty much. So like, yeah, try harder. Well, yeah. Um, Don't bother. So then we, we've sort of, everything gets resolved. Uh, all of it's a pretty, people... the, ending, the ending's pretty similar, but with a little bit more slight change to... The slight change to the fight a little bit. You see, you see a little bit more dark side, don't you? He's a little bit more dark side. You get a little bit more Batman action and more Flash stuff, but generally it's the same sort of direction it's going. Yeah, there's sort of a brief moment where Flash has to go back in time to do something. He has to run so fast he can go back in time. Yeah, because they don't do the the unity happens. Yes, that's it, and and the world does start to explode, and Flash realizes before the explosion reaches him that. He spent 20 minutes just running around in a circle to get fast enough, but from a standing start, he can now go fast enough to go back in time. <laughs> okay, whatever. From a standing start with a massive gash on him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he'd just been shot as well. Yeah. But whatever, I don't know. That's fine, it's comic books. I'm all right with that. Um, so he does that. He goes back in time. All of a sudden, they're then strong enough and they can manage to separate them and, and kill Steppenwolf. Everything gets a bit more gruesome than it had previously. Mm-hmm. Like they actually fly and chop his head off and stuff, and you see his head come through the portal. Whatever, it's fine. That all gets resolved. Everything then kind of wraps up like it did in the previous film. Batman yeah. buys the bank to get the farm back. You know, everyone's kind of hunky dory, goes back to their lives. We've saved the world. Brilliant. We then smash into the epilogue, the proper epilogue, if you like. And it's a callback to the nightmare scene from from BVS. Oh, but before that, do, no, before that, we get a slightly reworked Lex on his yacht. Correct. Yes. So it's very similar. It's Lex is on the yacht. He's escaped from prison, and Deathstroke comes on. They. This was really weird to me. Was it like an alternate take where they said something different? Because it seems very similar up until in the original, they mentioned having a league of their own, which is obviously a reference to the Injustice League, which is like a collection of villains in the comic books. Whereas in this, 
No, that's never mentioned, but he just gives him Bruce Wayne's name. And the background on that is that at the time when this was made, they were looking at doing a Batman solo film with Ben Affleck and Deathstroke would have been the villain. So that's obviously meant to lead into that. Now, in the years since Ben Affleck came out and said that he was actually struggling really mentally when he was doing these roles, which is really obvious at the time you look at, he's not a, he's not a thin guy. He's quite stocky, but then you look at, you can quite clearly see the Joss Whedon scenes because he's put on a lot of weight. He's not doing like, he's obviously not doing very well mentally at the time. So he kind of dropped out of being Batman for his own sake. And they, they then reworked it all. And now like this year or next year, we've got the Batman coming with Robert Pattinson instead. So that felt like a bit of a weird relic of a past time that was kind of hinting towards something that we're never actually going to get now. I don't know what you yeah. thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I think I can see them doing more of this, if I'm well, going to be honest. Well, I've got, I've got notes. Okay. Anyway, so after that, then we get the, the reworked nightmare scene, which is like a building on from the one that we saw in Batman v Superman. Now, I understand that this was all new. Yes. Yeah, this was new because they got Jared Leto in to to do it. Yeah, and I I think if you look down the list of actors who came back in to do reshoots and everything, it's basically everybody who's in that scene, pretty much, mostly, with a few added people. But it's... So you've basically sat there for three hours, 45 minutes, and you've been told this whole story, everything's wrapped up. Now, obviously, you get that scene with Lex Luthor, which is fine because we're kind of conditioned by Marvel to expect little stingers like that. But then this is a whole extra scene of people standing about. In a different story. In a, in a whole different story because none of it, like, when is it meant to be? Is it because it feels like that it's whole nightmare future. scene was like an alternate future where Superman turns bad? Is that what this is? Because it hints that Lois Lane's dead. This this is that future, which it's. But seems... why is it there? What is it? I think it was like, what I got from it is that this is the direct future of what's happened. Like, because I'm sure they mentioned something along the lines of like having to go back. Oh, Joker says something like, how many times are we going to have to go back and try it? Yeah. Before you find some, before you get one that, or someone says it along those lines, you know, because obviously in the first one, Flash went back. Yeah. On Superman. And that's culminated in this, which hasn't worked. So they're going to have to, do it over. I was never really clear on what this was anyway, because it looks like it, it almost looks like the world when Darkseid has won and everything's been burnt out. But then we know that they just prevented that. And now Superman works for Darkseid. I don't know. My my note on this was uh what the fuck is this last scene? <laughs> it, oh, it's just Snyder saying, let me do more. Yeah, basically. Because that's all it can like. I mean, I'd, I'd watch it because it's interesting. It's I'd watch it because it's got fucking Batman in it. I don't like... <laughs> fair. That's a very fair point. That's not going to be a good marker as to whether it's going to be good or not. Yeah, that whole last bitch really baffled me. I was like, why are you tacking this on to what is basically a finished story with this is maybe what could happen in the future? There's sort of weird hints of like maybe the Joker killed Lois Lane. Yeah. Well, they're talking a lot about like Boy Wonder and like how the Joker killed Robin. Yeah, which then that ties into like the Injustice video games because that's the world. That's what happens in that world is Joker kills Lois Lane and then Superman flips his shit and kills Joker and then becomes a villain kind of thing. Yeah. 
in those in that world. It's just I was just I was sat there going, I'm physically exhausted from watching this film because it's so long, and now you're adding this onto it as well. I just I don't need it. It's it's very unnecessary. And yeah. again, it was just like a, like this was part of the thing that was to add and build hype, which you didn't need any more hype anyway. This film, no, people were already going to watch it, but this just got me like seeing like this. Yeah, and by by the way, they don't say we live in a society. The life no. changed. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, and it's but actually, it, there's no payoff. No, because like like you say, a lot of the a lot of the hype around this was oh we've got Jared Leto in to do this film and we've got this and that we've got Deathstroke's going to be in it as well and it's all for this weird ten minute scene at the end that's just completely out of place doesn't make any sense. I mean, in isolation, like I quite like the scene. Yeah, but like, just don't stick it at the end of a four hour film. No, this could have been like the in the few like you mentioned earlier on that. Cyborg has like a vision saying not to not bring to back Superman. bring Superman back because the world could end. This could just have been with that. Yeah. Like, yeah maybe stick it scene. in there. If you stick it in there, I'd have been way more hyped for that scene than I was by by the end of the film. Yeah. Because everything's resolved. It's like it's basically saying like at the end of it, the end question mark. Yeah, it, it pretty much was, wasn't it? It was it that's it. I think that's with my note I said like this is Zack Snyder going, look, look, I can do this and this is what we can do for the next film if you just let me have the money and let me do it. Yeah. But I don't know. But then so after that we get another scene mm-hmm. which is I've wrote Ben Affleck. Um it's Bruce Wayne is tinkering around and doing whatever he's doing and he sort of hears this noise outside and at first I assumed it was Superman. Yeah, because it's just like a figure hovering there with a cape and everything. But then he comes down and it's it's Martian Manhunter, like you mentioned previously. And he sort of explains, you know, oh, there's a bigger world out there and I'll be looking out for you. And I've got a couple of notes on this. Is number one, this is again just Snyder going, look, look, I've got this more stories to tell. I can I can do more. Just let me do it. And also my other note is what I mentioned previously about how we knew the other scenes were different because Ben Affleck looked a lot bigger and he looked like he's a bit overweight. In this, Ben Affleck looks way thinner. Like yeah. He's obviously got like his life on track a bit more. He's not spent months in the gym preparing for this because it was just something he's done after. coffee everywhere. <laughs> he's, lost the calor- he's not got the calories from that. Yeah, that's it. So it was just, he just looked way thinner. I was like, Ben Affleck looks, looks he looks in a lot better place actually. But um but yeah, I'm happy for him because I like Ben Affleck for what it's worth. Yes, yeah, same. Me too. But then you had the note that you were going to say before. Yeah, sorry. So this was original. Well, Snyder wanted it to be Green Lantern, and he wanted it specifically to be which Green Lantern was it? Hal Jordan. Jordan. No, it wasn't. It was wasn't Hal Jordan. It oh, was, it was the John Stewart. Was he the first black one? Yes. It was John Stewart. Not that's not what I've read, because I'd read that this was supposed to be Hal Jordan, and he really wanted it to be Ryan Reynolds. Well, I think that was a second option. Okay. Either way, apparently Warner said no to it, but yeah, they they basically said no. We've got plans already for John Stewart specifically, but for Green Lantern. Okay. Um. So yeah, so he was like, okay, well then let me have Martian Manhunter instead. Which I've I don't I've I've not read much Martian Manhunter, but he's, as a character, he doesn't really excite me. 
Yeah, he's difficult to write for. He's, he's not a really headline character. There was a bit as well at the end where he's like, I have been many names, but people call me the Martian Manhunter. And I was like, well, when you say it like that, that name sounds really fucking stupid. Yeah, but like, but what's your name? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what? I really hoped you would say like um, John Jones or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that bit was, I liked it more than, more as a stinger than I liked the, the nightmare bit. Yeah. But yeah, again, it felt more, it felt again more like uh, Snyder going, give me the money, let me do another one. Yeah. And there's, there's a few of these, those, again, hype machines, like we saw the bat tank. Yeah. Uh, just, just before. One that. shot. Just, and it's literally the shot that was released. Yeah. Like, we, it, I thought maybe that's, they're going to use that in the final battle or whatever, or, you know, there's a new sequence that might have it in. No, it's just, it could effectively be a picture. It's just Batman standing on it. Yeah. And that's like, he's still active and this is his tank. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see it unless he's using it. We know from, from 300 and from uh, Batman v Superman that he's kind of majorly obsessed with Frank Miller. Yeah. But yeah, that was obviously just a sort of another nod of going, I really like this. I've read this comic book. Look at it here. Yeah. Cause, but the thing is like, if that was, if it was because he really liked it, he would have used it or put it in in some way. Yeah. This is, again, this is just like, get excited, guys, because... This thing that you like is here. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not, though, is it? No. You're just lying to us. Um, I've just got a, a couple, just more complaints, really, about, like, the Whedon version. Like, why take out all the cyborg bits in in place and replace them with a will they won't they with Batman and Superman because I figured that's what that's what this didn't have but the original one did yeah like, well you replaced it with a Russian family as well don't forget that well don't forget the Russian family yeah um the first one I felt lacked them working together uh, I made this comment when it first came out was that what the Avengers did better was they working collaboratively and like, when they're fighting and there's not loads but there's it does it better in this one. Yeah. It felt like they were kind of killing time, waiting for Superman to turn up and just go, like, flick them, flick the bad guy, and then all of a sudden it was done. And it was like, whereas in this, it does feel a little bit more like, as soon as Superman turns up, well, not everything's solved straight away. Like, they still have to work together. They still have to kind of do something to get to the end point, which is fair, I think. Yeah, because it, I mean, you're absolutely right. Problem with Superman, you you can seem like a fix-all. Yeah. That's why a lot of people don't like Superman as a character because he's it's because he's very hard to write for because otherwise he just does become too overpowered and he's just too yeah. whereas this, this was like you say they've they've all still got parts to play and they're knocking Steppenwolf to each other to do the bits or whatever. Yeah. I thought that bit was quite good. Yeah. And then again back to the multiple arms on Cyborg because I did look like that. Why take that out of the first, of the first one? I just, yeah, it really just felt like the original one was just trying to forget he was there as much as possible. And that's pretty much it. Do you think this would have worked? So this, originally it was going to be a movie and then it was going to be four episodes, four hour long episodes. And yeah. then it got changed to a four hour movie, but caught into six parts. Yeah. 
I don't think it would have worked as episodes. Certainly not in its current edit. I don't think this would have worked as episodes. No. No, definitely not. There's, there is a sort of art to the way, particularly, we'll, we'll think of one division in particular, but hmm. I guess other TV shows in general, of like, you kind of establish a different thing in each episode. Yeah. And this doesn't do that. It is, it is a four-hour film, effectively. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, there was that sort of mention of it being four episodes, four broken up into four chunks, but it, it wouldn't. You couldn't sit down. I mean, I it was bad enough for me doing it over two nights. You couldn't sit down in, like, say, six consecutive nights or what have you and watch 45 minutes each or, I, I, I don't know, whatever the timing is. No. Well, the thing is, the chapters, the parts, they are more like chapters. They kind of have a bit of an end, so you'd have to do them that way, obviously. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have them. It couldn't be four hours because there's not like four resolved things in it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which you kind of need. If you're watching a TV show, like you said, you have a problem at the start and then at the end of it is kind of resolved. And obviously, you know, the way modern TV works, it doesn't strictly have to be like that, but... You do get, yeah, you do get sort of more in in like your, I guess, HBO shows, to be fair. Yeah. But but there's often some sort of like B-plot that will, even if the main story's not, not a lot's changed. Something is kind of like will go on in that episode. There is a reason why it's like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, my only other note is, and it's something I've actually come up with since I've watched it. Mm-hmm. We have had in the last sort of day or so released information about what Zack Snyder's plans were for the next film. I don't know if you've seen this. No. So I don't think so. Briefly, because apparently there has been a leak about it, and then he's confirmed it in an interview. Um, there's, there would have been, while Superman was away, shall we say, there's apparently some kind of mention of a Bruce slash Lois relationship, which is oh. apparently confirmed very briefly in one shot of a pregnancy test. Yes, but I thought that was just a loop, because it's only two weeks after. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. This is apparently what's gone on, though. Bruce had got Lois pregnant, and they give birth to a child which has not got powers that's how superman knows it's not his mm. um bruce is going to die at some point and the yeah. child will then grow up to become the new batman that was apparently he's he got plans for two more films and that was what was going to happen i don't like it no i'm glad we're not getting it yeah <laughs> i mean i kind of like the idea of batman of seeing i guess damian wayne you know, would he do Damien? Well, I don't know. It's not Damien Wayne, though, is it? That's the thing, because Damien no. Wayne was with Talia. Talia Al Ghul. But, you know, I kind of like the idea of him. Well, see, it just doesn't have to be a son. If a Robin or whatever being trained up and, you know, I guess what do you do? You make the first one 10 years later and have a really young Robin. And then 10 years after that, Bruce is dead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, it's all very. I've read what I've been said in interviews and stuff, so it's all kind of. I don't know what his plans exactly were, but I read that. I thought, oh, we should definitely make reference to that. And and yeah, I agree. I'm. I don't like it. I don't want to see that. I'm glad we're not getting it. Yeah, because it certainly doesn't suit Lois. No, he barely. He was barely even in the ground, and she's like hopping into bed with somebody else. But then it doesn't make sense because she's moping around in the rest of this film. Yeah. So I, I, I just thought, I saw the pregnancy test and just took that as... She'd got Clarks. Yeah. Which I, which I wouldn't mind. Actually, yeah. I quite like that. That happened in the uh, Superman Returns, Superman didn't Returns. it? Yeah. So 
it, it sort of it because at the end, a little bit with especially with the nightmare sequence and the bit with Ben Affleck and and Martian Manhunter, I was kind of a little bit going, maybe, maybe I'd be I'm interested to see more of these films. And then I've read that in the last sort of day or so, and I'm like, no, I'm all right. We, we don't need any more of these films. Well, that seems that also seems like completely different to that. Like, how would you? That's a, that's that, that's a story in its own right, like it or not. That Batman relationship and having a kid—that's its own film. You couldn't have that going on with the nightmare stuff, surely? I mean, he'd fucking try, wouldn't he? <laughs> give it a go. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, Zack Snyder will give it a go. Right then. So, getting down to the all-important bit then, our rating system. Okay. Well, in fact, did you like this movie? It was okay. <laughs> The thing is, I think for me, it's four hours long. So there's bound to be some stuff in there I really like and some stuff in there I really hate because there's some of every, there's literally everything's in there. It's four hours long, you know. But also because it's four hours long, I've forgotten the first two hours by the time that it's finished. Exactly, yeah. It's probably not going out there too much. I have tried to judge it on its own merit and I've my score is three. Three, three out of five, three stars. What was yours? I would say three. 3.5 because I okay. actually quite liked this. We're not a million miles apart then. No. We're, I, I think and maybe I am tainted because I'm comparing it a lot to how much I didn't like the first one. Well, see, when you because when you said that at the start, like I've seen some people out there, like Pete Bradshaw, who writes for The Guardian, he gave it five stars. I've seen that and it's not a five-star movie. It's not a five-star film. It's I didn't, not a masterpiece. No. It's it's a little bit self, uh, not indulgent, but like... Oh, it is. It, su- it sucks it. Yeah, it is. It sucks itself off a bit. Yeah. Like it's trying to be a masterpiece, but it's not a masterpiece. But it is... I mean, if, if, like I said at the start, if you like comic books and you like Batman, you like Justice League, the characters, not the original, then give me... Yeah, give me... I just want to see that shit all the time because I like this this franchise or whatever. Yeah. But if you look at it from a movie point of view, it's not it's not a it's not a five star movie right anyway, shape or form. I feel like as well, um for what it's worth, I think it's a good deal better than Batman v Superman. In my personal standing. Okay, let's go on a Batman scale. Okay. Are there any are there any bits, Batman bits in this that are better than the best Batman bits in that? Oh uh you put me on the spot there, and I'm definitely never going to go and rewatch these films to find out. <laughs> I would say no. But... I possibly, I think, because the best Batman bit in that is the bit where he's jumping through the warehouse and fighting everybody to save Martha, isn't it? Yes. In Batman v Superman. That's the best. That's the peak. Yeah. But I think there's, there's bits where he does similar stuff to that in this one, where he's fighting the parademons on the, on the big yeah. cooling tower. And... Uh, yeah, I think there's bits in it as well where he's got this sort of interplay with Alfred as well. I, I don't know, individual moment, possibly not. But as a whole experience of Batman, yeah, I think it's better. I think I actually agree that this is probably a better film than Batman versus Superman. Good. At least we're, at least we're on the, the same path there. I don't know, like I say, I think we're not too far apart on this film in general. It's got its moments. It's not perfect. It's, it's probably... it's. Probably about on a par for me as some of the worst Marvel films. 
maybe better, maybe better than the absolutely worst ones, but with the yeah, on a par with like a Captain Marvel or a something like that I'd for go, me. I'd go with that. I think the the highs are, are better than the highs of Captain Marvel, but Captain Marvel's lows are better than the lows of this. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like a good medium ground to leave it on. Yeah. So three and a half stars. What did you think of this movie, folks at home? Yeah. Message us on Twitter. Email us if you want to, or you could even catch us on YouTube now at Let's Talk About Nothing. I should have probably said the names as we were. I was going to say, yeah, you blitzed through them. I was like, yeah. Twitter is at LTANpod. Email is Let's Talk About Nothing Pod at gmail.com. And the YouTube is just search Let's Talk About Nothing. We got Let's Talk About Nothing stuff. We got Let's Talk About Movie stuff. And we now even have, probably by the time this comes out, Let's talk about video game stuff. So, Neat. check it out. Yeah. Neat. Um, do we we did have a sign off, and I've forgotten what it was. I remember it. I've been Liam, and I'm Aaron. As we said at the end of every episode, cut. Nice. <laughs>